When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going on, Bar Down Breakdown, episode 240, and we're hanging out with some new friends tonight. We got our buddies in Things Left Unsaid, holding it down in my old stomping grounds of Long Island, New York. You know, we always try to show love for back home. What's going on, dudes? How's it going, man? Excited to be on. Thank you for having us. Hell yeah. You guys rep hockey jerseys in almost every picture I've seen. So it was pretty much speaking right to us. So yeah. hockey jerseys makes sense. Coolest jerseys in all the sports. So that's how Mikey anyway. finds like his prospect list. He tries to figure out how many members of a band actually wear hockey jerseys. So the more members that wear hockey jerseys, the higher you are on the prospect list. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> True facts. Even though you are system. repping the wrong team tonight, talking to a bunch of Islander fans, we'll yeah, let it I am an Islanders fan. I just threw on the black. Uh, I don't know. It was a spur of the moment. I, I wasn't even thinking. Not an Islander fan. Yeah. I kind of just <laughs> lumped you Vasilevsky is my favorite goal in the league because he wears 88. So the best. Can't beat that. So it's a number thing. All right. All right. <laughs> Huge number guy. Number numerologies. It's always numbers. That's yeah. why he likes that's why he likes out of time so much because 88 miles an hour is the the cap for a DeLorean. Yeah. It's true. 88. It's a great number. <laughs> Those of you that are hearing that strange voice for the first time, that is Tom. He is back. So this is a very special episode. Tom is hey. back. Tom. What's up, everybody? I'm back. Uh, thank you for holding down the fort. I'm excited to uh, start doing episodes again and doing the dang thing. So um, very cool that uh, we're uh, spending some time with things left unsaid. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in and start off this discourse. Uh, so I'd love to know um, if, you know, every time the saxophone comes out, everyone's like, oh, it's a ska band. And that's exactly, exactly what everybody thinks. And it's yeah. Well, you want to speak on that, James? Literally, every time I talk to somebody after a show, they just they start talking to me about ska bands. That's the. <laughs> they're like, I'm, we're technically not ska, you know. Like, yeah, no, I'm not a big ska guy, but we're ska band. We're ska band. It's, it, this has been a, a thing for a while. <laughs> yeah, I TikTok, mean, everybody arguing whether or not we're ska, but I think I mean, you know, just because you have. Just because you have One a horn, horn doesn't mean you're a ska band, right? You know, I mean, like it's an emotional you know, instrument. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, Bart from Mom Jeans is a uh, was he a trombone player, right? Yeah. You know, he's that not a, a big influence. They're, they're not a ska band, are they? You know, I mean, um, Bill Clinton's but, a sax guy, and he's not in a ska band. <laughs> he well, that you know about <laughs> that you know about that you know about. He might be. He he might be in the ska band. So, but. So how 
how did you guys come to the conclusion that you wanted something so unique? Um, did it just kind of come from the fact that like, hey, we know a really good sax player and, you know, we're kind of all on the same vibe and we want to put it together? How did it, uh, I guess, let's, let's, go, let's go back to the beginning. How did the band start? Uh, so Sam and James back there were jamming for years with a friend of ours who used to be our bass player, Ponce. Um, and they would jam all the time, like for years. And one night I got a call from like another friend of mine asking me to come hang out with everybody. And um, at first I wasn't gonna go, but after a while I decided to pull up and they were all just jamming in the living room and Sam was playing guitar. Okay. And I originally thought Sam was gonna be the lead guitarist and they were gonna like split the leads, do harmonies and stuff like that. But um, so they were, it was like a package deal. I walked into the room and they were all there. We just started jamming and clicked like that. Awesome. And, uh, we started practicing. And during one of the practices, he's like, yo, can I just like play the drums on this? I feel like this would be fun music to drum to. And he got behind the kit and I was like, it was amazing. I was like, that's, <laughs> there you go. Like, and the sax, nice. like, I, like you said, mom jeans and the front bottoms. I've always loved horns in, in music. And then I just met him and I was like, that's even better. Love that. I was going to teach myself the trumpet, but <laughs> I'm good without that. It definitely sets you guys apart from like the other Midwest emo, whatever you guys kind of want to be lumped in at, mm -hmm. as, you know, it, it definitely separates you. It adds something that's unique and it definitely stood out to me. Uh, I'm a fan of a good sax. Like I went to one of my best friend's wedding and he just had like a standalone sax player. Like he was just by himself and there was like a DJ and he improvised with the songs that the DJ was playing and then just added sax solos. It was That's the coolest thing ever. So yeah, man, you should probably try doing that. That's crazy. This kid improvs all day. <laughs> we were, we were getting ready for our last show and the music playing before he was just improving over. The only, the only like sax band that I've seen like outside of like keep flying and you guys, uh, we had a band down here in Orlando, and for some reason I can't remember what they're called, but they all dressed like they were in like Greta Van Fleet or like Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and that's something I would do. <laughs> and this dude, this dude had a he. I'm pretty sure it was like it was a tenor sax. He had a tenor sax, and he had a he had a, a microphone that went right in front of it, and then the microphone routed into a full pedal board. So he would add effects yeah, like chorus or flange or phaser over his sax solos and it would just rip dude um that's, that's i saw them talked about and like getting dude it it like sets it sets everything apart like especially if you're putting like a like a mood or something behind it yeah. um it's expensive probably because yeah, you get into pedals and all that other stuff but uh definitely like yeah dude it was like it was mind-blowing we saw him at like it was at house of blues they played and just the front of house and everything, like just like blasting you with the sax sound, it was just epic. I got chills every time I hear it. It's, it's a cool <laughs> instrument. The timbre, I love when it's like a little staticky. I don't know. Yeah. So cool. Hell yeah. So as we were kind of going into the origination of the band, I, I just went to Spotify to see, you know, when you guys started releasing music. And it's looking like you guys are in that like two to three years of being a band oh it started off i was uh releasing solo music before i had met them so i had like the first album i was working on and, and met james towards the end of recording and worked in but the songs we have two songs out as a full band right now which are crab on the beach and letters from the sideboard half charged is not oh, no. Oh, yeah. no but um so we just finished the first album as a full band nice so the sound is taking a complete turn and everything and starting to fall more uh into what we want to be doing where did you guys uh, record the full length um we recorded it uh at kurt's room studios okay with our, our buddy darian he's very good so shout out kurt's room studios if anybody watching needs anything recorded he's a very good guy and he just wants what's best for the sound of the music and is that long island based uh yeah he's out of massapequa Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's right across from where the old Massapequa Mall is. Uh, right on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Right. Easy to get. Old, it's gone. The Massapequa Mall's gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they just have like uh, Dave and Buster's there now and Dick's. Everything else is shut down and they can't 
do anything to it until Dave and Buster's lease is up, which is in like Jeez. two years. Yeah. Well, dude, I, was I remember in Dave and Buster's. I'm sorry, James. <laughs> I remember going to that mall because there used to be the Islanders team store in there. I and didn't know that then. Yeah, they would have all the, no. the Islanders team like signings there and met Josh Bailey, Michael Grabner. Like, Wait, I think I actually that was the there. spot. I think I went there once and met Sparky and he ate my head. I was like eight years old. I was terrified. Mikey, was this the same mall where they had all the, the Rangers pop-up stores with the split color Rangers hat too, or is that a different mall? No. So that's back in my hometown. Like when uh, the Rangers oh. won the cup in 94, there would be like these pop-up shops that just opened, not in like a traditional shopping mall, but just a strip mall. And uh, they would sell all the Rangers Stanley Cup merch at them. Yeah, I remember that. Crazy. That's, uh, you know, I mean, you know, think about like the popularity of the NHL in the 90s, like, you know, how how uh, how big it was. Like, it was really like on par with the other, um, you know, with the other with the other big three. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, I mean, you know, popularity is coming back and stuff. But, uh, um, you know, I. I wish there were pop-up shops that would just like come around. We'll never see that again, (laughs) ever. Even if the Islanders or the Rangers won a cup again, it's just not popular enough to to warrant that. I I I just wish like that happening. I just want lids to sell something other than MLB hats and NFL hats. Yeah, lids. uh, Lids is one of those places, man. I mean, if you get lucky, like I know the lids in in like on. in, on Long Island, they like they'll have some Islanders and Rangers stuff like sparingly, uh, you know. But I mean, the overwhelming is just Giants, Jets, Giants, Jets, you know, Football Mets, cool Yankees, Islander. every <laughs> color Yankee uh, hat. Nothing you know? but the hockey. I know Hell it's no. crazy. It's crazy that anyone would think that any sport is is on hockey's level. Like nothing's as fast as stuff. The pace, it's so fast paced, yeah. man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Play the sport to play. Uh, Love it. So, <laughs> so tell me, tell me a little bit more about the process of uh, of recording the record, because uh, uh, you know we, we love to kind of dive into the uh, creative process a little bit. So, uh, um, you know, when you guys were recording, you know, how did the writing process go? Uh, you know, how do well, you guys? How did you guys kind of develop everything? A lot of the songs, they, they come in just like an idea. It always starts with an idea, whether that's a guitar part or lyrics or both. And a lot of times we'd sit down um, with like a song that I may have written like lyrics to. And a couple of them, me and Sam sat down and he wrote the guitar part. And I came up with some of the lyrics. He came up with melodies. We came up with mm-hmm. lyrics. So it's, it's different from song to song. But once we have the main idea, we always take it to the band and just like start experimenting with fleshing out different ideas and adding parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, always James ripping the sax, so <laughs> that always so, comes. So the the curious part about the the sax stuff, just going back to that, just because you know it's not often that we get a chance to you know talk to a band that that has something again so unique. But um, when you know when writing the sax parts, like um, uh, you know, is it like are those parts typically written after a full song? like, you know, guitar, bass, and drums has been fleshed out? Or do you sometimes write around sax parts? Like, you know, how, how does that kind of fit into your dynamic? Usually, usually he comes to me with a, like a full song and okay. he's like, what can you add? So sometimes cool. I'll end up adding like a melody that goes under the, the vocals, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like a supporting melody. Sure. Or um, sometimes it'll be like random hits that we have because there's a song that we have where it's hits and it's just mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like, something like that um and then usually he'll just give me like maybe like a chorus or two for a solo and the solo is like usually improvised at first but then i'll start Mm -hmm. to play the same solo over time you know just as uh you know we practice the song more and everything cool now um, a lot of jamming the song and kind of just seeing like experimenting during the jams and seeing what we like and what we don't like and of course like if there's like a part if you know if there's a part that like doesn't work with the vocal melody or something like that or if it doesn't work with any of the other instruments then like i'm totally fine taking it out you know yeah mm-hmm. all about honest communication yeah i i think i think there's the, that's a really important thing you know uh, when you have something um 
you know, so different is you want to make sure that it's, it's showcased. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to overdo it. It's like, it's like, um, it's like yellow card with, you know, having a violin player, right. It's like, you know, there's a lot of prominent parts that the violin has, but you know, not every song has an enormous violin solo or a violin feature. And, um, you know, so you, you just have to have the right balance, which, you know, you, you, you alluded to, which is definitely, uh, definitely a good thing. Trying to keep it all within the context of the song and not yeah. just blow horns. Cause we can. <laughs> it's all about seeing what you can do to service the song and you don't want to yeah. do anything to disservice, especially like, with like such a cool instrument too, like a saxophone that like even somebody, I think that's like the cool thing about the saxophone is like even somebody who doesn't understand kind of the differences between all the, you know, what a brass section is or what a reed section is. Like people know what a saxophone sounds like and it cuts through. And very unique timbre too. Very unique timbre. And I think like, that's like the cool thing about it is like, no matter what, like you always know what that sounds like. Did you know that the the saxophone, the alto saxophone specifically, is the instrument that sounds the closest to the human voice? I did not know that. That is interesting, that, man. But no, it's very something new. The saxophone too, because a lot of times, like he's playing these lead lines in a lot of the songs that we're going to be releasing. That and it almost sounds like something that would be done on like a guitar that's in alternate tuning or something like that, mm-hmm. with like mm-hmm. the bouncy twinkliness to it. And the adaptability is crazy. I don't know how he plays over half the stuff we do. It's a mind right there. Next, you just need a euphonium player and you're good. (laughs) (laughs) You said something about the euphonium. Now, did you guys all go to high school together or was it in college you met or how, Um, how did you guys get together in a room? Sam and I went to high school together, but, uh, we all met through that one time that we hung out at uh, one of our friends' houses. And I actually uh, met Trevor through hockey. We were playing like uh, roller hockey, indoor roller hockey together and outdoor. And um, through it, he was just meant like we, he'd mentioned that he was working at uh, uh, interning at Voodoo. And at, so like it was kind of was like yeah. talking a little bit about music. And then over a while it became more. And he actually introduced us to Darian, who's recording our album. Sweet. And nice. ended up sitting in on a couple of our sessions when we were recording the first songs. And then after like stuff happened, there was an opening with the bass and he plays bass. So it's kind of just like an easy introduction. He already knew us. And yeah, there you him. go. But actually it's funny because I went to their school's like biggest rival. It's like our towns hate each other. But so <laughs> are they Deer Park boys? Uh, they're West Islip. I'm North Babylon. Uh, uh, so has the Deer Park North Babylon rivalry gone away? It's still there, but um, okay. we're like Deer Park. Depending on the sport, we we beat on them a little bit. So <laughs> lacrosse and everything. And we're not. Yeah, great. you don't got to tell me because <laughs> when I was in high school, is when North Babylon went on to win their like state championship in football. Oh, was that with Jason Gauntley or whatever? Yep. Yeah. So th- they're the same age as me. So. Unfortunately, we weren't like enemies, though, because a lot of my friends were actually from North Babylon that were on that team. So, yeah. Deer Park's an interesting area. Got the Sonic over there. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that came in. It was it was a big deal, but. Yeah, it really, it really was a big deal when that came in. I would just like to touch on James's sax playing. Like, another thing about James's is that, like, we'll be jamming and everything. And this guy will jam a whole entire thing and he'll re- remember the whole improvisation that he did. And like, he'll apply that. He'll take stuff out of his mind and apply it to the, to the songs that he remembered what he played. He's like, it's just like such a plus having him in the band because we would be a great band. Like, but he just takes us to like that whole advanced level where it's like, wow, this guy's playing sax lines over emo music. Like who's doing that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. High so, praise right now. So what you want to say is... We love James. James is the you, man. You now, love James, to you hate his emo horn. music? What was uh, that? I said you, you love to emo his music? horn. <laughs> <laughs> James, what, is, what are your opinions on emo music? Uh, generally, I like emo music, but I didn't listen to it much before we started as a band. Okay. I was more of a 
like my favorite band growing up as like a high school kid was Dave Matthews band. So it's not nice. necessarily yeah. Like rock, you know, he's a Daver. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Dave. I don't like Dave. Yeah, I'm not huge on Dave Matthews, but super respect to him. The city of Chicago isn't huge on him either. (laughs) He dumped like 300 gallons of shit water all over a riverboat cruise. Oh my God, what? (laughs) (laughs) That happened. Dave. That happened. (laughs) That's crazy. I had no idea about that. Dookie Dave. But yeah, I think actually like... um, Emo music was kind of newer towards when we started. Like, we have a lot of different backgrounds in music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys want to talk about what you guys listened to growing up. Um, I mean, growing up, I, I kind of listened to – I went through different phases of everything to the point where, like, by the end of high school, I kind of just went full circle and I listened to everything at once. And I have a playlist where I jump around literally with any genre on it. And um, going through high school and college, studying uh, music production and audio engineering, I, you're kind of forced to listen to everything. Um, so when I joined this band, I, I, you know, did have a little bit of a background in emo music, more so like alt rock and um, indie rock, leaning towards emo, but not quite like Midwest emo. Um, but and then Sam's kind of been all over the place too. Grateful Dead till I die. <laughs> <laughs> we got a dead head. Got a dead head. A Daver, <laughs> and uh, I've I've always been into emo music front growing bottoms. up. The Front Bottoms, but one of my favorite bands of all time is Made a Parade, which is a little bit different than what we make, but amazing band. Tom, Tom, That's why I like the long chance. song titles. They're I was going to say, Tom, you got the perfect chance for this story, buddy. To tell you my Made a Parade story. Yeah, I <laughs> yep. should probably tell my Made a Parade story. I was uh, I was at a Warp tour one year. It was like when Made a Parade was literally just. Be, like like they weren't even on warp tour they were just following warp tour around yeah and uh, i was on line at like you know i don't know nine o'clock in the morning to get inside and uh this guy walks up to me and he's like hey man uh you know i just uh, you know I'm, I'm out here trying to hustle i'm selling these cds you know i got this band um and he had a disc man and he was like do you want to listen to one of the tracks and i was like yeah okay sure and he put on that song that's like the words are coming off the tarot. Right? That song. That yeah, song is it, so good, bro. It's like, is that when I get home, you're so dead. Yeah, and it, yeah, you're so and, dead. and it was on their first EP, and like their EP was in like they they had obviously like self released it, and it was in like a, kind of a nice little digi pack, and it was five bucks. And he was like, "Do you want to buy one?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll buy one. You know, five bucks." And I bought it, and um, that was my introduction to Made a Parade. But like. Um, that's a lot of bands did that like back in back in those like early warp tour days like a lot of bands like if you weren't able to get on a tour what some bands did is they would just follow the tour and if a band got sick or someone had to drop or something they were just there for and they were like hey tony i heard a band drop like can we can we like play one of the small stages and he'd be like yeah sure fine like that's awesome you, you can play for three dates you know and um one of my favorite bands, um, this band from New Jersey called Trophy Scars, um, they actually did that at one Warp tour, uh, and uh, they ended up following the tour around, and they were able to get on the three dates near where they live—Jersey, New York, and I think like it was like upstate or something. Um, but like that kind of stuff happens, which is so awesome, you know, to, to think about. Warp tour is like, I never got to experience Warp tour. But, <laughs> well, I like I, I wasn't going to shows at that point in my life. Sure, I, sure. Once like, my first like show, what like what Tom said, you'd stand in line at nine in the morning with like a hundred percent humidity, and it'd be like a hundred and one degrees outside, and you'd have a disgusting, dirty Derek Sanders coming up to you with no shoes on, <laughs> and he'd hand you this disgusting headphone that like everybody yeah. has sweated oh, yeah. on. It and when you're like, when you're like. 18 to 25 you don't give a shit like you're like yeah, yeah. sure i'll listen to that <laughs> the thought shit. of me doing that now as an over 30 year old man yeah you want to die you want to vomit you want to die <laughs> just put on a sweaty headphone man yeah no. yeah but i was we were shotgunning monster energy drinks at like high noon like dude Is it like was- the foam inserts on the on the um on the headset too oh yeah no it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a foam I smelled amazing. I didn't even, I should have smelled it and I probably wouldn't have bought his CD if I smelled it. It probably but, smells like his yeah. disgusting toms that he wore all the time. 
Yeah, <laughs> man. But uh, but you know, Warp Tour was a was an awesome time, and it and you know, like the the whole idea about it was, you know, back then when alternative music was just kind of at the tipping point of um, of what sells and what doesn't. Um, you know, uh, it just kind of like took everything over the edge, which is a really cool thing. So um, hopefully something like that comes around again. I mean, you know, there are, there are a lot of different festivals and stuff out there for sure. But, you know, like a, a, a festival that tours the entire, you know, North America yeah, during like the summer. Almost unheard I mean, of. Like. Yeah, right. You know, so hopefully something like that comes back soon. That'd be crazy. I couldn't imagine just like the caravan of 18 wheelers that like brought things from city to city. <laughs> it's like a mile insane. long. <laughs> Truly is. So I guess you, you mentioned the, the album that you recorded. I do want to just touch on it. So is it a full length EP? What, what are we it's expecting? Gonna be, it's going to be a full length uh, 11 track album with an intro interlude and an outro oh. and the outro I'm going to give you guys a little sneak. Uh, Sam plays guitar and plays a solo with a classical guitar. Oh, love that. That's, That's sick. Yeah, it made me cry, man. Like, wow, we were playing it. <laughs> I feel like you don't get too many, like, nylon string guitars in, like, emo music anymore. It's always, like, some weird 12-string acoustic or just yeah. a Telecaster. On yeah, I was going to say a Telecaster with a capo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> know all about the Telecasters. I want to switch to D'Angelico soon. They got like a cool, like semi hollow. It's just beautiful. Yeah, they um, you'll get you'll get a lot of the deadheads asking you about a D'Angelico when you get it. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're cool though. They're very comfortable guitars. Their new models have like a lot of high gain uh, frequency response too, which is really cool. They're trying to like get into that market now. Yeah. So what's the release plan for the album? Are you doing the, the single route or are you going to go into like just maybe drop one or two more singles and then release the rest of the album? What What's the plan? Um, We originally were doing the single rollout with the songs that we had. Um, the album just started taking a little while to record because there's a couple of things that got in the way. But um, two of the songs that are on the album are out. That's Letters and Crab on the Beach. We're going to... We re-recorded the vocals on our one song, Half Charge, Walmart Scooter. We're going to drop that prior to the album, but the album's going to be coming out on March 15th. Nice. Get it right on the Ides of March. Beware. And is it like, <laughs> so obviously the first two singles are like more of like a storytelling kind of approach to, to songwriting. So is it some kind of concept album or is it just kind of standalone singles? Um... I mean, they're all kind of born from a very similar energy because uh, a lot of the songs are written about the same person, just different experiences and different like perspectives of how I was feeling in different moments based off of what was going on and or other experience that remind me of it. But uh, I try to keep it more towards like a storytelling, but it's kind of a mix. Like a lot of the songs are storytelling and some of them are more um emotion like more of just like focusing in on emotion but uh i want the album to like kind of have like a nostal like nostalgic feel and like obviously a new like i feel like it has a nostalgic feel in the sense of the con the content matter i guess what yeah, i'm saying like, like it's like a concept album in essence yeah. and then you're um, telling a story yeah and then on top of that we have like the uniqueness and the new with the saxophone and the way the drums come in um definitely a lot of fun it's gonna be a fun album sweet is there a particular track that like kind of came together in the studio that you guys weren't expecting to come together the way that yes. it is um we have this one song colored information which is uh more so an indie sounding track okay and that song was just uh, like two verses at first and we ended up adding in all these like um, stops. We had the solo earlier on, which normally we kept. It's like a different placement of where the solo is. Mm -hmm. And then we have like some stabs and some chug parts. But uh, that came together jamming here in the backyard and also in the studio, kind of like fine tuning that. But a lot of the songs, we added little nuances in the studio that we couldn't hear outside of it because sure. we were playing. Because when you're playing in a room, it's so loud. 
Yeah, of course. We can't hear exactly what everybody's doing. So when we were able to hear it isolated, we were able to add some nuance and kind of give it a little bit more flavor. Nice. Very cool. And a bunch of drum fills that he came up with in the studio that are just phenomenal. Some of my favorite drum fills are written in the studio. Love it. And are you self-releasing the, the album? Yeah, yeah. We're going to be doing self-release, self-promotion, all that, and trying to just see where it goes. We'd love hey. to talk to people but as of right now we're just gonna roll with this see where see where it takes us you know yeah record labels are um kind of like i don't know i feel like a lot of record labels aren't doing right by their artists there are some that are of course you know like pure noise to name one of them you know we've, we've you know got a great relationship with them and yeah, you know, they keep signing awesome. Yeah, they keep signing yeah they keep signing more and more bands and i think the reason that is is because i think that being that they're a label that's doing things the right way and actually giving people opportunities you know other than trying to you know screw them out of you know money and their the own rights, music yeah. and their own rights and stuff like that i mean like you know i i just read some article i think the paramore is doing it now they're re-recording oh, yeah, their haley's versions yeah their whole back catalog just because i mean like you know, when Paramore probably signed with Fuel by Ramen or whoever they originally signed with, she probably got hosed on that deal because she was so young. They probably took and advantage of her. Probably just hungry, and, yeah. Yeah. They kept and, their masters in perpetuity. Yeah. And and that's like, and, and that's the thing about record labels is, you know, um, it's so I feel like, you know, when I was younger, it was always a dream to like be on an independent record label, you know, like yeah. for me growing up, it was uh, dr uh, drive through records or vagrant records or equal vision records or like, you know, like these were like the labels that like if I ever, you know, released, uh, you know, a, a piece of art on those labels, like it was that was it like that's yeah, dream come that would have been yeah. it for me. But, Made it, you know, yeah. but now I'm hearing about you know, you're learning about all these experiences, like, especially with like victory records and, you know, all of these companies that really like screwed a lot of their artists out of, you know, money, time, promotion and stuff. So uh, I think it's awesome that you guys are doing this, you know, by yourselves. And um, I hope that you have a lot of success with it. And I also hope that you, that this experience, you know, even, you know, if, you know, a year or two down the road, you know, when you're writing your sophomore record, you realize like, hey, you know, we can be successful and release this ourselves and not have to, you know, give our, you know, every last drop of blood and our firstborn over to a table, you know? <laughs> yeah, I would love to go as far as we could um, independent sure. and kind of just gauge it that way because, I don't know, we have enough people around us that can help out well, i don't know it's yep. all about the fun of it at the end of the day and just trying to create music that connects with people and i want to make sure that we keep that sure no matter what happens just connecting i don't know music is love <laughs> yeah that's why we do what we do <laughs> yeah, I bet. you guys are killing it this is awesome thank you again on randomly but this has been <laughs> fun so far hell yeah so I, I do want to comment on, um, you know, the, the last string of shows that you had, because, you know, as I mentioned, Tom and I grew up on Long Island and I never went to a house show until I moved, until I moved away from Long Island, because truthfully, they didn't exist. Right. Yeah. Like when you think about the proximity of houses on how close they are to each other, mm -hmm. like a house show just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I never went to one until I moved away from Long Island. But now I see this this video that you guys put up from last week, and I'm like, wait a second, is there a house show spot on Long Island? So can you yeah. fill me in on what's going on there? That's the cave. It's out in Medford. Um, it's it's really awesome. What what uh, the guy who owns is Joe. What he's been doing for a lot of the bands, just being able to create that um, energy. Because like you said, there's never really been house shows on Long Island, and they're just such a fun, unique experience. And like. The people that go there all just love music and are the greatest people so it's like it's a really cool environment that's being created and it's wild he you played all shows are so underrated the cave is probably the most intense venue that we've played with the moshing um <laughs> the last show that we played um uh we got maybe maybe like 
25% through with letters. We were playing letters and we got 25% through and one of the one of the people from the crowd collided with me, knocked me over <laughs> and I knocked the symbols down and hit him in the throat with one of the symbols and it was just a catastrophe, but we we picked up the song right afterwards and we we kept playing. Hell yeah. I'm, Listen I'm man, the, I'm hoping to get the vibe from that. It's a very, that's a very punk rock thing, you know. It's all right, you know. You, if you if you get cut in the throat by a symbol, I mean, that's like probably the gnarliest. That's like the gnarliest thing you could tell someone. Like, yeah, that is. Oh, you cool. know, it's just a symbol. Got me in the throat. You know, I'm fine. <laughs> and then I'm a the drummer. End the, the end yeah. of the set, the solo at the end, is beating the snare. <laughs> was, Love that. Cool. The end we played a, crazy though. We played a house show in Virginia once, and. Um, literally like it was probably like the ceilings were maybe like eight to nine feet tall and somebody went underneath one of our guitarists and like piggybacked him on their back oh, and rocked his head you could just see him playing and dodging the ceiling fan like as he's playing at the same time that almost that he he was almost scalped like 100 like he yeah, just would have been falling back in the concussion <laughs> yeah. that's the fun of it though but that venue is really awesome it's a lot of fun it's sweaty but that's what you expect yeah. out of a basement venue shirts off shirts off tarps off boys. tarps off, tarps boys. off yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's up yeah my buddy my buddy owned a owned a venue on long island for a while called the wood shop it was uh it was literally a wood shop it was, it, was, it was the back of it was the, it was the back of a wood shop, and he built a little stage. And um, but yeah, that that spot got sweaty, it got real sweaty, real, real quick. quick. Yeah, especially and, with um, the amount of people that yeah. show um was packed throughout. Was over hundred. Yeah, there was over a hundred people so that came sick. in and out throughout oh, the yeah, night. Yeah. That's 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 how you want to do a house show. Yeah, that's how you want to do a house show. <laughs> Yeah, it's like inside of a basement that you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a That's pretty tight basement. Gnarly. It's it's a it's awesome. The sound there's uh, increased a lot. The sound's been really good lately. Our friend Cam has been taking care of that and really doing really good nice. with it. They streamed the last show and um, That's the audio ran through like Logic and stuff. So hopefully nice. we'll have a, a vod of that soon. And you can oh, see, that'd be awesome, man! You can yeah. see James get tackled. I'd love to see some some tackleage, you know. <laughs> yeah, hoping to get that out soon, but it's cool. The, the house venues, I want to. That's something I definitely want to do outside of Long Island. We want to get playing in like Philly and just it's like I want to explore. I've always Absolutely. wanted to explore, and this is a great way to do it. And if you guys, if you guys ever find your way out in Columbus, Ohio. There is a uh, basement venue that's underneath a Donato's pizza. <laughs> that's awesome, man. You Please walk not. in and it's a, it's a Donato's pizza, and there's a basement that you go down, and bands play there all the time. It's the the Ohio State Donato's. That's sick. Yeah, it's the only one that does that does shows, and the shows there are just wild. I would imagine so. Pizza pizzeria's basement was wild. I was just in Ohio like a couple weeks ago, and they, it was interesting. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's a cool area, but I would definitely love to visit Columbus and all that and try that out. So, have you have you guys left Long Island yet? Have you played shows outside of the island? No, nah, we've been all along, on all Long Island. Like, we've basically been doing shows since March, so we we're coming ah. up on a year now. We did Queens. We did Queens, but that's not, still Long Island. That's Long Island. Come yeah. on, that's still Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> but we're trying to get out there. Um, trying to do a little like hit New Paltz or Purchase and Temple University. Sure. Yeah. Like sure. That. Definitely. Yeah. You know, the nice thing is you could definitely you know pull a couple of weekenders. You know, you can get into yeah. Philly. You could get to jersey and boston and you know like all of these spots that are um they're they're definitely uh hamming it up they're cooking right now i love it so um riley and fazoli attorneys at law yeah dude look at jay and sam attorneys have you have you guys have you guys so they're definitely comedians as well have you guys great. started watching um I, I think you should leave now oh yeah we love i think you should leave there was a point in time where that's all we watched for like weeks 
Dude. It was that or we played Clone Hero. Yo, shout out Curb Your Enthusiasm. And Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. There's a, there, that's right. Oh, yeah. Last well, season coming off of Curb. Million, yeah. <laughs> million you know, it's funny. Million. Justin actually introduced me to uh, I Think You Should Leave. He introduced me by showing me the – At uh, work. At work by showing me the um, the skit where he, uh, he he dresses up in the makeup and he's like goes to the mall and then he like freaks out and he talks <laughs> like I, I don't even want to be here anymore. Yeah, the guy's <laughs> like, you don't you don't want to be alive anymore? He's like – I don't know. Were oh, <laughs> you okay? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good. I one. laughed. I laughed for like probably twenty minutes straight. Like belly laughed. Like yeah, I could not imagine being in that much makeup, dude. Like even for the bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's that's how much I miss Tommy. Is that like I want to see? I wanted to see his true reaction to like Proposal Park. Oh, proposal God. Park is funny, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I the uh, the, the zip that line. was great. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the zip, zip line. line was so great too. Oh my god! I love it. There. <laughs> uh, they're having their own little like. I don't even know. They're on their own podcast back there. Yeah. <laughs> but I was gonna say, you know who else loves zip lines? Our sponsors at DraftKings. That was a clean segue. I'll give you that. (laughs) Well, let's get it then. So we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets. So like I mentioned last week, that stadium series game between the rangers and the islanders is coming up and that's a perfect game to throw down some money on DraftKings. so download the DraftKings sportsbook app with promo code thpn new customers bet just five bucks on the nhl and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook with code thpn the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 Plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See DraftKings.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. So, boys, let's let's talk some hockey. Um, you know, growing up on Long Island, it's good to hear that we got a group of islander fans because it can go either way and you know it's it's one of the things that makes our fandom kind of unique is how close our two teams are to each other and we're kind of trapped on an island and you kind of bump elbows with ranger fans every single day and i think that's what really keeps that rivalry fresh um so glad to to hear that we're talking with a group of Islander fans and I'm just curious kind of uh what got you hooked on the Durs growing up my dad my dad's always been a huge Islanders fan and um he would actually bring me to games all the time and I ended up like playing hockey and stuff and he told me a story about one time where I just like first game I ever went to I just stared at Chris Osgood for the entire game (laughs) I was originally a goalie but uh from then we just had season tickets and stuff and I was always at games and just fell in love with the sport first, but just the, the Coliseum itself, I personally loved. I know a lot of people were mixed on it and they're like, the Coliseum sucks. I would have taken the Coliseum till the end of time, personally. But yeah, same I with me. Um, growing up, my dad was an Islander fan since he was a kid as well. So I kind of got indoctrinated into it um, from a young age and then playing roller hockey growing up. Um, yeah, they were always just my favorite team. Now I follow – I mean, I still follow the whole league and watch, like, as many games as I can. But um, Islanders will definitely be my number one till the end of time. Um, <laughs> Sam, Sam's saying Penguins. Uh, he's only ever been to Islander games in his life. I don't think they're playing the Penguins either. But <clears throat> he's, a, he's a funny guy. We've, we've, 
we've indoctrinated these two into the Islander fan base as well. So, yeah, right. but I mean, like you said, yeah, you yeah. do. I mean, you do see a lot of Ranger fans on the Island and, and like, I mean, growing up, um, the only way that you become an Islander fan, like if you're our age and in your twenties is, is if your if your dad is one, uh, they were not too good when you were growing up. But, um, I mean, you do see a lot of Ranger fans and like, growing up i was friends with ranger fans and it, it is like a rivalry but it almost brings you together too but in the way just like having something to talk about and Bullshit. and yeah yeah and even just to talk shit with somebody like you know it's fun banter um i've had managers be ranger fans and sis, sister's boyfriends yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. his best friend is a ranger fan oh yeah you can't you can't can't avoid it man you know your your circle of friends is always going to have a couple of ranger fans um now you talk you, you talk about chris osgood see like we're obviously older so for you it probably wasn't a big deal that chris osgood was on the islanders but for, for tom and myself like that was a huge that was the biggest deal because that was a like household name in the nhl yeah, yeah. and for yeah. someone like that to be willing to play for the islanders after all of those dark years willing and the, to play that's the term he I, used dude yeah. i hate to say it but it's reality it's just, like it's just funny <laughs> yeah so that was a huge deal like yeah. having osgood and he was there for such a short amount of time but for me that was like almost peak islander fandom those early <laughs> years. like yeah like no because it was like right around 9 11 um the Islanders were finally relevant again. They were winning games. They went to the playoffs for the first time in a bunch of years. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of what sparked people to be like interested in the Islanders again. Yeah, and then yeah. obviously they went through a bunch of down years and then Tavares sparked it again. And then Trotz has sparked it again. So I've definitely seen kind of ebbs and flows in my lifetime. I never got to see obviously those dynasty years, but yeah. I would say like that Chris Osgood period was really what sparked it for me again. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on back then, but I knew I loved Chris Osgood. <laughs> a good goalie, and I was just like, this guy gets it, you know. But Osgood just watching clips of him because I always see him on different compilations and stuff. Just yeah. a phenomenal goalie. So it's wild to think that somebody of that caliber was an Islander at some point. Yeah, for real, and. I've heard you guys drop uh, roller hockey a bunch of times. So <laughs> that's one other thing that's kind of unique to, to Long Island is the amount of outdoor roller hockey rinks that we have. Yeah. And I, I kind of just took it for granted growing up there. And it was just like almost every other town had one. Um, yes, it was kind of peak roller hockey kind of culture. Right, because it's coming after the Mighty Ducks movies, and that definitely sparked it. Yeah, but way more accessible as well. Way more accessible. So I guess what's your what's your spot on Long Island to play? We always play at John Jay uh, McMahon 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 in um, Deer Park. Deer Park, yeah. We do indoor roller hockey at Skate Safe in Old Bethpage. And that rink's pretty cool. Got like a cool men's league going on. Uh, Five on five, small rink though, like tiny rink. I got two of them. I'm about to show my age. I remember when John J. McMahon was built, and <laughs> it was the biggest deal. Like every kid in elementary school was playing roller hockey. There was probably, if I had to guess, twenty like teams for yeah. each age That's level. Crazy. Yeah. Now, nowadays, it's like some of these leagues are like if they're getting four teams and stuff like that. It's wild too because you said you grew up in Deer Park, right? Yep. It's, mm-hmm. The high school's right there, so it's yeah. Right. So, yeah. Walking a lot of burnout, a lot of burnouts hanging out at that room. Good place. Yeah, they're they're still there. <laughs> In law, they never part left. Of me, nah. Part of me wanted Mikey to be like, I remember when I first met JJ McMahon. <laughs> well, I, I so weird kind of story. Obviously, they don't name a rank after someone that's still alive. Like, unfortunately, he I think it was a police officer that was like shot in line of duty or whatever. And that's what they named it after. But his brother, Mike McMahon, was my first roller hockey coach. Really? So like, the, yeah. So his his brother kind of kept the legacy going and played uh, or coached uh, 
bunch of peewee teams that uh when the rink first opened up that's cool yeah it's a cool rink it's it's been um like gotten a lot better too like they've been doing a lot of renovations and stuff and we always do these uh tournaments there and stuff to raise money to fix the cracks and all that and i'll keep it going because hockey is one of the greatest things i mean it's best thing in my life that and music those are the two so it's wild that there's a podcast that caters both (laughs) (laughs) two of my favorite things on the planet you know i just want to go back real quick we were talking earlier about i've just been like ruminating on this about how you end up getting into like a team, like how kind of you start your fandom. Right. And like you, you guys said, like, you know, it's, 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 you know, Oh, if you're, you know, your dad's into it, then like kind of, you got to be into it sort of deal. I, I wonder how many people ended up picking like the Islanders, like when they were younger, just because of the orange in their logo. Like I, I really wonder. I'm, I was because, saying before, like orange and blue. I love because orange and blue are their opposites on the color spectrum, right? So like they're they kind of clash with each other, but they're really broad. And you know the Rangers are just kind of red, white, and blue. You know it's just kind of like a little on the boring side. You know. Yeah. Now, granted, when you get into the, you know, when you get into the history of hockey and you realize they're an original six team and all this kind of stuff, and you know it, it kind of goes from there. But I really wonder, like, as a nine or ten year old, how many people were like. Ooh, like that—that that, this guy, like this is this guy Ziggy is cool, and he's wearing orange and blue, and I like the way it looks. And I'm gonna be an Islander fan. A lot and of people like, don't like it, but one of my favorite jerseys was the orange jersey with the triangles. I don't know why. Like my my uh, childhood bedroom, one of the walls, the main wall was that, and then the rest of the walls were the white jersey. Love it. So I've always loved orange. I actually got a, no. I played lacrosse in high school and I had bright orange cleats. And my <laughs> high school lacrosse coach actually stole them from my locker. Incredible. And he he, he apparently gave them back during the last game, but I missed that game. But orange is a, <laughs> it's a great color. Yeah. <laughs> now they haven't released the stadium series jersey to my knowledge. So not yet. I, I think I saw something they were going to release it next week. I think that's we might get orange. Who knows? I, but at the same time, I also I, know I that an orange jersey. Lou Lamorello is our GM, so I, I don't know if you <laughs> yeah, might be black down with an orange jersey. Yeah. Now the All Star jerseys he was just showing me. Um, what are your guys' opinions on the All Star jerseys? They're definitely like whimsical. <laughs> yeah, and, they're, in- uh, they're interesting. <laughs> they really are interesting. Whimsical is a good word. I yeah, think I think I don't hate them. I think the white and gold are cool, but the red and blue kind of just like I'm not a fan of those. Yeah, it, it's definitely like a fun jersey, right? Like a young kid who is in love with hockey would probably love that jersey. And <laughs> the NHL gets criticized all the time for not necessarily like having fun and being fun. Oh, um, so, yeah. So but they look like something like that themed power rangers <laughs> <laughs> no my favorite i was telling him my favorite uh of the uh all-star also. jerseys was like i don't know what year it was exactly but it was like roughly like, like late 06, 2010s or like 2007 where's just the red and like the white and red and then the blue and white i was a fan of those i don't know what it was about them just the way uh they added the grays and everything the contrast that's when they had the draft too the draft was pretty fun I, I do want to say though that the best is like going back to the um kind of the I guess it was late 80s those all-star game jerseys man when the Patrick division still existed and shit man those all-star jerseys were dope and they they have the the Mike Bossy one it is legendary you sometimes see one of those walking around UBS or the Coliseum and we talk about Osgood. I always, I always think it's funny whenever I see an Osgood like orange jersey floating around. I see a couple of those, and I'm like, let's go. Because <laughs> him and Martin Brodeur were my favorite goalies growing up, and then Rick DiPietro before all of the stuff. Oh, yeah, I hate like, hearing that oh, name so much. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was the goalie. I ended up switching to offense, and then are we still paying him? Yeah. What's oh up? yeah. Are we still paying him? I die. <laughs> but it's uh, at the end of the day, like 
if he didn't get injured, it wouldn't have been such a terrible contract. Because, you know, he he definitely was, like, the USA goalie. Like, he was the guy. Yeah. And then he just unfortunately had a bunch of injuries. What did the Islanders end up giving him? Was it it 15 or 10? I think it was 15, no. It was 15. Now, I guess – now – in today's in today's NHL, is the is it eight is is the max now? So eight, like yeah, you, people aren't really getting more than eight years. But is is that like the the actual max? Or I wonder if that's like just like I think the, you uh, can get like one more year if you mm-hmm. sign an extension with the team that drafted you. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So that's kind of wild to think that like you know back in the day, like you could sign people to like any deal that you want, like kind of in baseball, like baseball doesn't have a cap. So if you wanted to, you know, I mean, what, did, I forgot what, what Bobby Bonilla <laughs> or Bobby Bonilla is just as bad. Oh my God. But you know, like, you know, you see 11 year, 12 year deals and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's just kind of wild, but uh, yeah, 15 but, years for a goalie too is a long time. Yeah. That's, that's wild. facing I mean, hundreds of shots like we were back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you and you, yeah, and you got to figure too when DPH was playing. You know, the goalie style was a lot different, you know, yeah. than it is today. Um, I, I I was watching some hockey game and they were talking about um, Timu Solani and the year his rookie year where he scored like seventy six goals yeah. and how that's probably something that's never going to happen again. Watched. Yeah, <laughs> um, but like, ridiculous as a vet too to score seventy six. Yeah, I mean, like think about it, like really, like just how much different the game was, you know, back in those days where, you know, you had a guy like Gretzky who could somehow not lift the puck and score 250 points in a season. (laughs) Just literally just like, you know, hang out behind the net and just like score goals, you know, like I was watching like Gretzky talk about how he like went to the like hockey hall of fame with his kid and they were, there was like a shooting thing. So you'd like pick the corners and all that. Mm -hmm. And his son goes up and picks it, picks it, picks it. And he can't lift the puck. And the guy's like, you should you should put your hand lower on the stick. And he just left. He just like walked out. Like he was in like a disguise, like not a disguise, but like so people would notice him. He's left. Well, you know who would notice him? One of the unsigned yeah, pop punk. <laughs> you can't miss if that you, guy. If you, you listen, if you listen to the the episode we had with Pat, God, that would have over a year ago. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um he he saw Wayne Gretzky at the Mall of Americas in uh, Minnesota, crazy. and he just goes, "Wayne Gretzky!" Just <laughs> shouts it in the Mall of America. He was just like hanging out with his kid, just like shopping. Yeah, and he has this guy just screaming Wayne Gretzky in the middle. <laughs> Gretzky. Of, of that's the only. The that's state. the only like reaction I would be able to have. <laughs> Honestly, that's exactly what I said. I was like, <laughs> "You reacted shot. the way that everyone would react." Just to yeah. be in, in Minnesota, too. Like, it's yeah. a wild place for Gretzky to be. I don't know where he hangs out normally, but I would not have guessed Minnesota. Where does he Where does he live nowadays, I wonder? Probably L.A. Probably Canada. Oh, that's in Canada. Yeah, I, would, I would live in Canada. Because he yeah. does have his, like, he is, it's like Wayne Gretzky whiskey, right? That he, he is in whiskey. Canada. That's great. I believe Good so. Good for him. Imagine so, being Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> It'd be pretty sweet. He's got a smoking hot wife, and <laughs> but we mentioned the stadium series, and uh, today they just announced who's doing the the intermission. Oh, did you guys I, see I that? that? Who was it? So AJR, which makes me and my blood boil, and yeah, it's just like right. what a miss! What a miss! Like. There's so many, and not just like Islander fan band, but there's also Ranger fan bands that like could have done it and would have been sick. And I, I, I wasn't even too familiar with the band. I listened to like their most popular song for like ten seconds, and I was just like, oh, no thanks. And yeah. it's very mom, mom music. But it's just like, what? Why them? Of all the options that we could have, and. I, I love Sam, man. He, you know, if if you didn't know, and he was because it's kind of hard to see him in the back, you would think it was John from Inner Love. Like you guys could be brothers. <laughs> they play similar too. They both have like that Bonham triplet style. The way they hit is very hard. John's oh, an amazing drummer. God, amazing John beats the shit out of drums, <laughs> bro. He hits hard, dude, and so does and this guy. 
So I used to be in a band that uh, shared a rehearsal space with uh, his old band, Table Talk. And there would just be like shredded sticks and shredded heads all over the place because he just fucking annihilated everything. Yeah. And then one time uh, he was like in his socks, just like chilling in the studio, just like in his socks. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, I'm just playing drums in my socks and i was like me and this guy over the summer and stuff when it's warmer we always play barefoot at all that like like amh wherever it is barefoot i like feeling feeling the bass come through my body i mean you might need to get a tetanus shot but (laughs) yeah (laughs) shout out tetanus shout out tetanus (laughs) guys 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 i have an update on where wayne bretzky lives let's let's hear it and you'll never Yes, he lives in McCall, Idaho. Oh my what! Idaho. He has has a lake house. I respect. He was living in West Palm Beach, Florida. Then he moved over to Idaho. My grandparents were there for a while. West Palm. Yeah, everyone's grandparents. Everybody's grandparents. (laughs) Yeah, especially if you're from New York originally. All your grandparents are in West Palm Beach, and then they moved to. uh, They're in Jupiter now, and they were in Uh, Boise a little bit. Yeah, same shit. Yeah, Delray, all that. Yeah, Boca. You go down, it's like New York. Yeah, you can get you can get some of the 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 best fucking bagel outside of New York. You get in South Florida, just like West Palm Beach. It was funny. I went to a. Panthers game playoff game when we were playing them it was I went to the first uh Barclays Center home game I mean a uh, playoff home playoff game and we won in double overtime then I went to BB&T Center and saw that game also went to double overtime but that, the amount uh, of Islanders fans like the Islanders scored and it was like dude this is are we at Nassau like right now like so there crazy. there are not a lot of like Panther fans in South Florida like there are some, but they're mostly like the diaspora. They're all over the United States. Yeah. But you got like I used to live in South Florida and we would get free Panther tickets and we would just go just so we could show up. But um <laughs> when they did the drafts, um God eight years ago, um they uh they I know it's so funny. He just, his his light the light is his face. No, he um, turned around. He's facing the other way. He's oh, like, he's a funny shit. guy, bro. He does stuff like this all the time. He's quirky. He's but quirky. um, they uh, <laughs> if if we all wore Panther jerseys, they would put us like where the cameras were in the draft. That's fine. Just so they can show like they had like people showing out for them. Yeah. So I had a a a Jason Garrison Panthers jersey, and then underneath I had my Jason Garrison Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. <laughs> so i was just like secret agent they're cool uh we actually went to the where the lightning played not i forgot the name of the arena not the emily they uh, have Emily. the one before that and the stadium was beautiful where were they at before i can't remember the name of it fuck i don't remember i don't know it, it might have been the new one i don't know it was a, a, like 2018 oh yeah it was right, the emily. emily yeah yeah, that's all. Did you get a Did you get a bloomin' onion? I did not. No, I'm not a big. You can just get a bloomin' onion. Just like here you go. The bloomin'. I'm not. I'm not an onion guy. I'm a very picky eater. I love the bloomin' onion. They always make fun of me because I don't even like French fries. What do you eat? Damn. Nothing. The onion rings, but if one of them are with me, I'll just get fries. He puts salt on pizza, guys. Don't trust him. That Let's not bonkers. get into my dietary. But I don't have the greatest dietary choices, but <laughs> hell yeah! Well, boys, this has been a, a bunch of fun. Before yeah. we let you go, I'm gonna give you a chance to to shine a little spotlight on a Long Island band that we might not know but should know. And you can't say like Koyo. You can't say like Take It Back Sunday. Like <laughs> someone to kind of give a little shout out to. Uh, we're definitely driving in the dark where that's the band that we're the closest friends with. And these okay. guys, um, it's very like a dialed back Royal Coda type of vibe. It's very nice vocals. The guitar approach is very ambient. It's, it's beautiful. Like they've put us in tears multiple times and we've seen them hundreds of times. Like these guys are really, they're the real deal. Yeah. They're the real they're deal. Really they're the good. like best nice. band we've seen live. And there are tons of amazing bands. Like we've mentioned inner love, Moose Creek Park, all those guys, uh, Waver, Beat Shop, but 
definitely driving in the dark would be the one that if anybody wants to check out a new band dive into them i feel like nobody nobody compares bands to like royal coda like they'll just go straight to dance gavin dance yeah so like that, that like, speaks volumes yeah royal coda is amazing but that, that that driving in the dark so right nice. now they got an ep are they out. hockey fans yeah yeah, definitely. Nice. They've okay. been coming they, for the men's they, league games. They hit our only two check marks. Fans, <laughs> hockey. Yeah, there you go. They're <laughs> definitely, definitely in the into hockey. So hell yeah. Next, well, next we'll we'll <laughs> go ahead and add them to our pop punk po- uh, prospect r- report playlist and Fuck let yeah. them know that you sent them our way. And uh like I said, we appreciate you hanging. And where where can everyone find you on socials and I know you guys are killing it on TikTok. So where can everyone find you? We're things left unsaid band all across the board. We got links to the music everywhere and things left unsaid band. And you said the the album's coming out in March. When's the next single coming out? Uh, I haven't picked a date for that, but it's going to be mid-February most likely. And then the the album's going to be self-titled, so it'll be things left unsaid. Hell yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. And thanks again. Keep crushing it. And uh we'll be we'll be following for some tasty sack solos and just hell yeah, get in here, James. (laughs) (laughs) Get the fuck. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having us. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome, guys. You you have a great night. Thank you so much for for doing this with us, and uh we'll catch up with y'all soon. Take care. God bless, man. Yeah, see you later, guys.